This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Jim, good to see you. Good to see you, Brian. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we're going to jump in the topic here in just a moment. I want to remind everybody to go to practicalshepherding.com if you're looking for additional resources, articles, other podcast episodes. We are nearing episode 100, in fact, on, on our podcast. So uh, feel free to go check those out. Also, if you'd like to help with a financial gift for the ministry, we would greatly appreciate that. You can go to the donate page that's on the website, and that's the best way to give to our ministry. A lot of exciting things that are happening within the ministry, and so we'd love your support if you would be uh, if the Lord would lead you to, to help us in that way. Jim, we have a topic I don't think we've ever ta- tackled before, and this so this should be, should be a good conversation. And it's in regard to what do we do as pastors in regard to the people who attend our churches who are not members yet, anyways, are at different places trying to sort through whether they want to become members, do we have a pastoral obligation to them in some way? Obviously, we would recognize it's not the same as being a member. Let's just assume we agree yeah, we, on that and everybody listening would Yeah, we might that. need to explain that, but yeah. But what what obligation? They're, they're regularly attending. They're probably coming to the Lord's table with the church. They're, you know, they're coming and they're involved in church fellowships and they're coming and they're they're a part of this. They're maybe going to a small group, like they're they're maybe really involved in the church. They're coming and serving and cleaning cleaning up the church on work days. I mean, they're coming and doing those things, but they're not members yet. What is the obligation that pastors have? So will you set this up biblically? Give us a framework to think about this. Well, I think, Brian, you're going to have to deal with the, the question of, and we've talked in this, about this in the past, is, is there such a thing in the Scriptures as membership? You know, Paul can talk about those who are within and those who are without. Right. He talks about that in 1 Corinthians 5. Um, Paul talks to Timothy about the widows that are on the roll. You know, there's, and it's obvious, like, you know, the membership can be numbered, and the, and the, and the members of the church grew too. And, the, and you give, there's actually categorical numbers of things like there, that. So there there's was a majority a, that voted in 2 Corinthians 2. There you well. go. Right. Yeah. So you have things. Yeah. So how do you know that? Well, mm-hmm. because you, you have something, you have some standard by which you know that. Right. There's, there's some kind of uh, membership role. Uh, and, uh, and so, when when I see somebody who is a member, that's somebody who who I view and who says to me, who says you know says to the church, I want to be here, and who says to me and to my fellow elders, I want you all to pastor me. And I that, from that point on, I feel a special obligation to that one. Yeah, and I believe there is created in that one a special shepherd sheep relationship. And you know, to the point again, where I say to that one, I, I'll, I'll, I'll lay down my life for you. You know, you're, you are my sheep. My, you know, I know who my sheep are. Shepherd knows who his sheep is. So you, those believe, are my sheep. I you think. hold that before you would walk them through a process to become a member. You just in them asking that, saying that's what I want. You take, you feel that responsibility is on you at that moment. Yes, well, the moment they become a member. Okay, and when they're and when they're no longer a member, when they transition you know then then that's that's that not the necessarily the bond of affection but that but that conscience bound obligation to shepherd that sheep yep. I, I believe is is then severed when somebody says uh, either we're moving away or they say we're going to another church and you work through whatever the issues are and another guy's their pastor well you know, it's not, it, and again, sometimes because of your affection, that's going to be. I, I have members 
older members who, because of location, are attending another church, but they want me to do their funeral. They want, you know, they're, they're, now, do you they, consider them members that you feel responsible for spiritually? Not in the same way. Okay, no, so that's but, different. But, but, but the bonds of affection are really, really strong. Okay, you know, and so they'll say to me often, "I still view you as my pastor." That that's because we twenty years together. Sure. You know, yeah. So that's that's going to be there. But uh, Brian, you, you described you know you know the non attenders and and some are non members in in some very strong ways as far as commitment. Some are not committed in that way, and and the question is. Somebody that is, if I can use this expression, they are regularly feeding among your flock. They're they're eating your grass or they're eating the food <laughs> that you you put out there. Yeah, yeah. They're up against your members, and yet at the end of the day, you put your sheep into the pen. And 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 you know, do you say, well, I don't? You know, we're not saying I don't care about them. I mean, the question is, what what is our responsibility? Because sometimes they'll be very offended. If they are not given a priority, if they're not, so for instance, I'd want to ask, what if they stop attending? Do you feel a different obligation if they stop attending, obviously, versus if a, a member stops attending? Hmm. Do you feel a difference, or do you go after both with the same zeal? Oh no, I see. A, I actually see a big difference. Okay. So to continue your your analogy, I think which is helpful. At night, when you put the sheep in the pen as a form of protection, and then you sit as the shepherd and guard them. Those who aren't officially a part of them are outside the pen, which means they're they're in greater danger to the wolves. And so I think there is a I think there's a pretty big distinction in my mind between who's actually the member, a member who, to your point, has said, I want to commit to this body and be a part of this body and be accountable to this local church to to be to receive spiritual care from you as my pastor and shepherd. And that's totally different than the person who's not willing to make that commitment. And though I know membership is, I mean, you mentioned the text, it's not incredibly clear on how to distinguish that, but but membership and a membership list is the best, I think, practical way to know who are those people who have committed to you as their shepherd and this local church that I'm going to be accountable to, that I'm going to serve and love and be a part of, and who are those who, who aren't committed to that. So because I see a big distinction there. If there's somebody, so if there's somebody who regularly attends the church for two months, and all of a sudden they just stop coming, uh, I don't feel the same obligation that if a member all of a sudden stops coming to the church, and we've made this exchange like you're talking about, to where I'm, I feel responsible for you. You feel responsible to 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 be a part of this church. That's a totally different pursuit. That doesn't mean I won't go after the person and just say, hey. Haven't seen you in a little while. Right. Just checking. But but I don't do it like I, I have feel no obligation to do it. I'm doing it out of just check wanting to see what's going on. What okay, let me ask you this question. I got I have two questions I want okay. to ask you. All right. So when we say, you know, watch we watch over souls as those that will give an account. Yep. Do you believe you're gonna give an account for those? No. no the people who don't come back? Yeah. Or the, what what if they what if they're non members but they visit or they attend not just for two two weeks or two months, but for two years or three years. So I I have people that are not members that have been at our church for, for over well over a decade. Okay, and they have a conscientious reason why they they won't join right. a church. He made a vow that he would never have an Italian be. No, he didn't really. But <laughs> um, do you? But you know, you have. Um, 
if somebody were coming, so my two questions about that is, what if they were there for a lengthy period of time? Do you, do you, what do you feel is your obligation? And what do you do to try to encourage them? Or do you try to encourage them to join the church, to become members? Because they're eating the food. They get to go to the picnics. They get to go to the small group meetings. So they think, hey, you know, uh, there's, I get all the benefits with none of the liabilities. Exactly. Have you ever said to somebody, listen, You've been eating my food. You've been, you know, that I've been preparing. You you call me. You expect me to be there when your kids are born. You expect me to visit in the hospital. You expect me to do everything a pastor is supposed to do. But you've never committed yourself to this people. You can just get up and go. You're not under any discipline. You can do as you please. Do you ever encourage them or exhort them? And if they say no, I want to keep it like that. You just, do you just keep it like that, or do you say, no, nope, sorry, I think you got yes. to go somewhere else, or we don't do that here, that's not the... I, I how, think, how do you handle that? I think I can answer the two questions with, with the same uh, story that that I've dealt with. There was, a, there was a couple that came to our church, and they attended... By the way, to, to answer your first question, uh, I will, after a few months of somebody regularly attending, I will begin to encourage them to think about membership. And to, and to start talking to them about it. Mm-hmm. And so that way I can at least know if it's something that's on the radar that they would want to do, there's some reason they would not want to join. The, like I can go ahead and start getting that idea. But I'm talking about a couple, probably six to eight months. They regularly attending there every week, same deal. You know, they're they're involved in fellowships. They're going to a small group. They're, you know, having people in their homes. I mean, they're, they're regularly a part of the church in a lot of ways. I remember going and sitting down and having lunch with them and I remember saying to them, I just want you to know, I, I've loved having you at the church. Other people love having you there. Like, we, we love you being there. Uh, by the way, they had told me they weren't ready to join the church because in a previous church, they had been hurt. So they were kind of just shy to want to mm-hmm. make that commitment, you know, okay, which which I've experienced sure. before. And that, that's why I gave it more time. And we're talking six, eight, maybe nine months. I sat down with them and said, I just want you to know, I've loved having you at the church. And we talked about membership a few times, and, and so I'd had all those those conversations. I said to him, I want you to hear from me that uh, I loved having you around, but at this moment, I do not feel responsible for your soul or spiritual well-being. And until you commit to me and our local church, which is what that is saying, by the way, that's why that's I think membership's important. Until you make that decision, you let the church know that you are committed, and you are saying to me, I want to commit to this church so I can receive the spiritual care for I, that I need from you. Until you do that, I don't feel responsibility for your soul. Mm. And I'm here to tell you that, you're, that that makes you in a dangerous spiritual position. Mm. So I want to encourage you to either make the decision, take the risk, and make, join our church, or go somewhere else where you can join that church and you can have a shepherd that will care for your soul. And that conversation... You you felt like enough time had passed that like, hey, if you can't tell by nine, ten months if I'm a trustworthy pastor or preacher, then I also also knew that they were... they were gun shy because of a previous hurt, and but they needed to work through that. Still, did they feel at all? You know, some people are going to hear that and go, "Wow, so that's pretty strong." Did they? Did they? Well, you're going to tell me. How did they respond to that? 
they joined the church. Okay. And so, uh, and were faithful members until they moved away. And so, um, but that, that was. Did a, they ever reflect on that conversation and thank you for pressing that issue? Yeah. Or, they eventually you, did. Do you think, <clears throat> so let me ask you this then. What weight of responsibility to have that conversation do you think falls on you versus on them? Like when, when somebody's visiting the church, they're attending the church, at what point do you, you know, you mentioned you do it fairly early on. I, I've been a little bit, I, I've been more shy about that. I usually wait for, for them to bring it up. I, you know, other than we talk about at times in preaching what, yeah. what membership means and whatnot. But I, I bring it up because, again, the, because of my conviction, if, if I'm not feeling, if I don't feel the burden and responsibility for you, which I take really seriously, then that means either somebody else is, is taking that responsibility and you need to go be with them, or nobody else is. And so I, I want. I think it's a teaching. In other words, I think it's a teach. It's a teaching moment for them because many people don't see the their responsibility to join a local church, be involved, submit themselves under the care and authority of other right. pastors. So it's a teaching moment to communicate that. And I find a lot of. I mean, obviously, a lot of Christians maybe have never been a part of a church like that. That's to a lot of people. It's it's refreshing. It's it it it. They respond to it because it feels right in a lot of ways. So let me ask you this: What would you have done if they had said, "We're not ready to join, and we don't want to go anywhere else"? Uh, I would have, I would have said at that point, um, "That's fine. You just need to know where I am." And so now, what was important about that conversation, Jim, is then they didn't call me and expect me to be at their. Their, you know, their uh, you know, their child soccer game, or you know, or whatever. They, they didn't expect but, me but to if, the but hospital. But, they didn't but expect if, me but to if, these. But if, but if his wife was rushed to the hospital, they'd probably call you. And this again, they might, are, yeah, and they might. And but, this is, you know, we have we have smaller churches, so maybe this is different than if we had a larger church. And and I would at that point out it would be a case by case for me because okay. I still might yeah. go right because some because of I'm in the middle you... of this dialogue with them right, trying to right. I'm, I do see it I, I will take a responsibility especially if they're attending the church to try to to teach on these issues a lot of people don't know about so them. you believe you should put a righteous pressure on their conscience yes and I and have some degree of cost associated with. Maybe what you would would believe and I would believe is ultimately a long term pattern of disobedience. That yeah. if you're called to be part of, you are called to be part of a church. You cannot fulfill your Christian duty apart from the church. You can't really, you can't be a real full New Testament Christian without being a part of the church. You just can't. You know, the, right. the, it is a community any more than you were an Israelite living out on your you were you were part of a community god has made us for communities we 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 imperfect quote, and everything else but but communities we quote hebrews 13 a lot around here and actually focus it on the call of a pastor to care for souls but let's actually consider that verse in in that context it's, it's actually not, written to christians right it's not written to it pastors it says obey your leaders and submit to them for they keep watch over your soul and let them do so with joy, for joy. that would, or that's, that yeah, would be so unprofitable for you. It's right. a direct, it's a direct imperative towards Christians. Right. Every Christian needs a pastor and a local church. That's the design of God. And right. so, I, I do. I, I take the risk again. I mean, it's case by case. I don't rush that. I especially am gracious towards people who are maybe coming out of a really painful situation, and all of a sudden that they're just really nervous to join a church again because they're connecting it to what had just happened. Yeah, to them. or again, the, the the current church uh, 
mindset and a lot of evangelicalism that that what you're talking about is a kind of cult you know it sounds like what what do you mean you know it's just you just come and go as you please but again you come and go as you please but you expect all the benefits and right and i don't don't know if you think this is too strong i heard a guy say some years ago that they liken it to um a, a man who who lives with a woman rather than commits with her in marriage because he says, I get the benefits of the bedroom, and and you know maybe maybe she even takes care of things well, for him, I and I get, and I get, out, I get everything, and else then I get to just away. leave if I want to without any legal ramification, other than that we were not in a re- well, we weren't married, and we weren't married after all. In but he, general, but he got. Do you, do you think that's too strong I, uh, uh, an analogy? Or I don't. I, I think in general, uh, as Christians, I think the idea of wanting to have all the benefits of something and avoid a commitment to something is generally unhealthy. I think we need to we need to see that part of the benefits and the enjoyment of something is the commitment to it. And, and that's true for a marriage, that's true for a local church. I think that's true for a lot of things in our life. And if they try to make you feel guilty that you didn't pursue them or chase after them the way you would a, a sheep, one of your sheep. It's not that well, they're not a sheep, they may yeah. be a sheep, but they're not your sheep. Right. Uh, you you don't feel the weight or obligation of that, obviously, again, in the way that you would if it were one of your members. So, like I said, I think you and I are in, in some ways in two different situations. You're, you, know, you, you planted a church and established a shepherding model from the beginning that just raised the bar in general. And you have people who have come to your church in the past— that are coming from churches with a similar kind of mindset. So Time I, 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 our church, I mean, I, I came into a, I mean, a, a nominal Southern Baptist church that didn't really have any kind of shepherding model to it. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of had, I took a low bar and tried to, to raise it. So what I find is a lot of more, the people who get attracted to our church, uh, I'm having to teach them about this. Mm-hmm. It sounds, and it's, I would assume in your situation, it's almost having to teach from a different perspective. Like, actually, you know, you, you can't expect all this of me if you're not going to commit to the church. That's actually something I haven't dealt with a whole lot, a little bit, but I, I'm pretty clear. It's been interesting that that people who usually want to have that freedom, you know, they don't want to commit, they don't want to be tied down anywhere. A lot of times they'll concede, yeah, so I know I can't ask you actually to do these things because I haven't committed to, to your church in those ways. And so... That hasn't been the that hasn't been as much of a problem, but it has for you, hasn't it? So how are you At dealing times with that? It has, yeah. yeah. So you know, there was a, a a brother years ago attended our church for a good long while, and boy, he loved to talk. He loved to meet with me, and and you know, he he and and they were, you know, he was retired, so they were long conversations if I allowed them to be right. And I I did tell him numerous times. I said, this, you know. I'm here today because I I have some time, and I said I'm going to let you know that at any time, if a member calls or if a member needs me, I'm going to bail on this, and right. I'm I am going to make them a my, priority. They're my priority, right? Right. Yeah. I, and I said, you know, you 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 you've not you've not you've never asked me to pastor you. Yeah. Right. I mean, you kind of are. You you but you want it without cost or obligation. Yeah, I feel and, co- and 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 that's a that's a difficult thing because I think as pastors we have a heart we have a heart to reach people and maybe our our hope is or our thought is that this will lead them 
to to the place where they will embrace you. Now, what also happens is you do have people because they don't understand membership and they whether they don't agree with it or whatever. But there are people I know in the past who have attended my church and they do they Jim Sevastio is my pastor and that's my church and and I've even had it at times somebody has said to me oh I heard they were a member of your church and I was like no they're yeah. not and they're like yeah. well and I said actually they hardly ever they're hardly ever there but but in their mind I was their pastor yeah and and, uh, and so that's an interesting dynamic to have to deal with too. I, I feel compelled to add to, to similar to what you just said and that's I I do make when people who are attending you know I do make efforts to care for them, to spend time with them, to get to know them, knowing that they potentially will become members. And part of doing that is, to your point, uh, I do that so, especially when I sense they've maybe never had a pastor before, Right. that uh, a lot of times m- my care towards them in a short term, they're not even members, uh, wins them to say, I want to come here. Right. I actually realize I need to have a shepherd. And so those are really rewarding relationships to have. And when those people become members, you know, those people are usually really faithful uh, members and people you love to to care for. When they haven't had the care they longed for and they didn't even think it, they they were, you know, deserved it, that all of a sudden now you're you're giving it. So I I do I do want to say that because I don't want this to go too heavy the other side. I mean, I want to encourage pastors to reach out. I mean, especially not just visitors, but I mean, lost people who come to the church. Right. Like, we need to be making efforts to spend time with with those people and doing the work of, the, of an evangelist. Yeah, so that they'll see that we're more than just a preacher. That's right. And although preaching is a large part of our shepherding, uh, but but good. That's that's I, helpful. I would say that's probably my final word is that the the with people who attend who aren't members. It could be people who are wounded from a previous church and are going to take time for them to warm up to this again. It could be a lost person who's coming and you want to see them converted and obviously baptize and become members. I mean, whatever that may be, we we still have to make the effort. I say that because I don't want a pastor to take what we've said as we're trying to emphasize the importance of being a member and shepherding those members that we still, a big chunk of what we do as pastors is not working with these people, trying to love them, trying to let them know they would be welcome here if they want to come. And we need to invest the time in that. So I want to make sure people, you know, that that, that balance is applied. Yeah, Final and, word for you. Yeah, and, and I think, Brian, just again, that they not feel a pressure of conscience and response. Because a, a lot of pastors, they're just sweet. They're, they're sweet, tender, servant-hearted people. And, and, and there are those who will take your time away from shepherding the flock that's been entrusted to that's you. Right. That's right. And and particularly if that's done on a long scale. I'm not talking about, you know, that they're the the first few weeks or the first couple of months, but um, there can be a real feeling of a weight a weight and responsibility that may be there in your heart and in your affections because you love people, but that's not placed upon you from the chief shepherd. Yeah, and that's that's why having that category, a biblical category of what we're responsible as pastors, it's that sh- it's shepherding the flock that's among you. So right. let me take a minute and pray that God will give us all wisdom through this. Lord, we're grateful for uh, the people who are visiting our church even right now. Uh, thank you for the, the lost people who maybe are wandering in and, and searching for answers in life. And uh, we pray, Lord, that you would be at work and give us as pastors a love and a care for those visiting. Help us to to love them well. Help our churches to love these people well. But Lord, also give us discernment to know how to 
to care for these people and ultimately communicate to them the importance to submit to a local church, to place yourself under the love and care and authority of other pastors, and that that is your design for your people. And we pray this that you would help us to see that and know how to implement it in Jesus' name. Amen.